Hello and welcome to the Musty Creative Podcast. I am your host, Jesus, and I am a partner here at the Musty Creative. The Musty Creative supports storytelling and storytellers that kindle love in the hearts of humankind. We are very grateful to have you with us today. In this episode, we are going to get hyped about the rest of this year's upcoming films. So, let's start the show. Hello, my musties. Last week, we ranked shows, movies, books, and video games in our mid-year rankings. So check that out. And now let's get started with what's going to happen today. So I'm going to discuss a number of upcoming films for the year of 2021, what we have to look forward to. The way I'm going to go about it is I'm going to say the movie's title, of course. Then I'm going to read the IMDb synopsis. Then give a quick breakdown of who's starring and also the creative team behind the camera. And then finally, predict where this story will land on Rotten Tomatoes as far as its percentage score. Predictions are in the air. First movie up, Dune. Of course it's Dune. I love Dune. It's going to be amazing. Can't wait for this movie. But of course, let's, let's let's go through all of the steps first. So here is the IMDb synopsis. Feature adaptation of Frank Herbert's science fiction novel about the son of a noble family entrusted with the protection of the most valuable asset and most vital element in the galaxy. That's actually a really good synopsis. Doesn't tell you the whole story, but that's that's actually a really good tagline. You already know this movie features my guy, Timothée Chalamet, as I like to call him, Timothée Chalamet. We are here for it. We also got Rebecca Ferguson, who is in a few Mission Impossible movies. Zendaya, I don't have to say anything else. Oscar Isaac, Jason Momoa, and Stellan Skarsgård, who is playing the detestable Baron Harkonnen. And you're going to really hate that character. Wow. The latest trailer is magnificent, but if you haven't seen it, don't. Go in blind to the movie theater and prepare for an experience. And I really do mean that. If you've already seen the trailer, it's all good. But if you don't know the story, if you didn't read the book, don't try to find out what the story is. It's a beautiful story. And there's going to be a two-part release as far as movies are concerned. What we're going to get in the fall for Dune is part one. And then I think either next year or the year after that, we'll get part two. Probably the year after, we'll get part two. They're going to do this in a very beautiful way. Denis Villanueva is directing this film. And is also a co-writer on the screenplay. Dennis directed Blade Runner 2049 and Arrival, which is a beautiful and mysterious film. So the eye candy in Dune is going to be tasty. Really good. The trailer was amazing. And I just can't wait to see the rest of this world that we have in store for us. There will definitely be a deep dive on Dune when it comes out. Yeah, so definitely when this movie comes out. Look for Michelle and I to do a deep dive into this film. 
go all over the map with it, discuss what we think is going to happen in part two. Obviously, I know it's going to happen in part two because I listened to the audiobook. But Michelle hasn't, so it's going to be really good to see where she lies, if she even likes the story, if she likes the movie or not. Ron Tomato's score prediction is 85%. That's where I'm going to land by the critics. So this is all about the critics. I don't really care about the audience score. I'm wondering where the critics are going to, how they're going to favor these movies. And I, I have 85% because Dennis has a great track record with his last three films, according to his IMDb scores and Rotten Tomatoes scores. His movies are not box office hits, but Dune could change that since there's no major sci-fi space competition. A new space story franchise would be amazing and maybe drive Star Wars to be better. That's right. Let that competition drive you, Lucasfilm. Make better sci-fi. Make better space fantasy. Whatever you want to call it. Just make better movies. Make better story. And I think having another... Like, we already have Star Trek. Now, we've, if we have Dune well-established, it's going to allow more competition that Disney has to be afraid of and actually has to step up, knowing that they can't just rely on the fact that there's no other stiffer competition. Next movie is King Richard. A look at how tennis superstars Venus and Serena Williams became who they are after the coaching from their father, Richard Williams. Great tagline. The trailer is remarkable. It really warms your heart. So, who's starring in this film? Will Smith will be headlining this movie playing Richard Williams. Playing Venus Williams is Sania Sidney from Denzel's Fences and Hidden Figures, so she's a, a known actress. Playing Serena Williams is Demi Singleton, who is kind of new on the block. The director is Reynaldo Marcus Green, who is new to me, and writing the screenplay is Zach Balin, who's also new to me, but is signed on to help write Creed 3, so that may be promising. From the looks of the trailer, Will Smith is giving an ultimate performance which could land him an Oscar nomination. I'm excited to see Will on screen again because he's one of the most charismatic on-screen talents still alive today, and it's it's amazingly true. You see him as Richard Williams on screen. He just breathes empathy, charm. You just want to root for this guy. You want to root for his daughters. But I'm not sure how the story is going to go because I fear the movie may not have enough of a conflict to keep me interested in the second act. And that's really my only fear for this story. I do think Will Smith's going to have to carry this film, but I wonder from a writing standpoint, is there conflict that is controversial enough for me to wonder, will these characters make it out alive, right? Especially when you do a movie like this, we know how famous and how popular and how successful the Williams sisters become. So, Knowing that, like going in as an audience member, knowing that this is a movie about those sisters, knowing already the outcome, how can you make me believe that there's something troubling enough that would make me fear and have some anxiety as I watch this film? Because essentially this would just be a documentary then, not a story, right? Uh, a story that has a narrative that's supposed to like make me believe that there's something that they could lose uh, a way that there would not be happiness in their home. So maybe they'll do something with Richard Williams. I don't know his story. I haven't read a biography. I don't even think I've watched a full interview of the man. I don't know much of him besides the fact that he coached his daughters when they were young in Compton. So 
we'll see what they do with this. I, I still think Will Smith will probably get an Oscar nomination for this movie. He looks amazing in it. So can't wait for that. The Rotten Tomatoes score prediction, though, is a 61% by the critics, I think. I want this film to score higher. It could score higher. It could get a 90. I don't know. But it's a generally fresh creative team. So we don't know the writer. We don't know the director. And Will can only carry so much now. Some of my favorite all-time movies from Will Smith are Hitch and The Pursuit of Happiness. And they scored a little less than 70%, which is crazy to think about. Obviously, this is where I disagree with Rotten Tomatoes, but it is what it is. Let's hope this hits the 90s because there's so much love and joy shining through from the trailer. Next movie is Worth. An attorney in Washington, D.C. battles against cynicism, bureaucracy, and politics to help the victims of 9-11. This is based on a true story, and it comes out on Netflix September 3rd. Netflix, let's go! Like, I, I gotta mention Netflix. They always turn out content and high-quality content. Thank you, Netflix. Hey, if you want to, you can sponsor the show. All right, anyways, this movie stars Michael Keaton, who starred in Birdman and was also in Spotlight. But most importantly, we know Michael Keaton from Spider-Man Homecoming. I know he's had a, uh, a, direct, a decorated career, but we all know him from Spider-Man Homecoming. All right, at least that's, <laughs> that's how I know him. Anyways, Stanley Tucci's also in this movie. He was also in Spotlight. Amy Ryan, who was in Birdman. And for me personally, played Holly in The Office. So it's an all-star cast. You have three people. See, unlike the previous movie we talked about, Keen Richard... There's only really Will Smith, right? So Will Smith is a, a decorated actor, a wonderful actor, a beautiful and a, an amazing actor, super well talented. But you got Stanley Tucci, Amy Adams. Oh, not Amy Adams. Sorry, <laughs> Stanley Tucci. You have Amy Ryan, and you got Michael Keaton. I mean, that's that's a that's a good cast right there. All right. Anyways, so this movie is Michael Keaton and his friends. The director of Worth is Sarah Colangelo who is new to me, so we'll see how she does. The writer is Max Borenstein, who is mainly known for Godzilla and Kong movies, the modern ones. So we'll see what this is. There, the first Godzilla, I think 2015, 2014, was excellent, very excellent movie. So we'll see what comes of this. Obviously a much different film. There are no monsters. There are no massive cities being destroyed. Obviously 9-11, there's... there's Two, two buildings and a couple things, but not on the level of Godzilla movies so or Kong movies for, for that matter. The Rotten Tomatoes score prediction is, for me, for me, 70% by the critics. There is an experienced writer to back up a newer director, and there's also three great actors helping this story to life. The only thing would be, is this, is this story played out for now, right? 9-11 stories, there have been a couple movies. Obviously, 9-11 means a whole lot to me. I remember that day. I will always remember the day when I woke up, listened to the radio, 
and heard the news. Like I was listening to the radio. It was like 6 a.m. in the morning. I was getting ready for school. I was listening to the radio and I heard about the Twin Tower attacks. And from that day on, America has just been, a, it's just been different. It's, it's my life, the way I think about the world, it's just been completely different. But as far as movies and stories, right? Just like with the King Richard thing, should it be a documentary or does it actually have legs as a story? Something to entertain me, something to make me feel something in a movie theater for me to, to pay money for. If not, maybe it should just be a documentary. I also say this because there are movies that have been made about 9-11 and they generally don't do well as far as the critics are concerned. In 2017, there was an R-rated movie called 9-11 starring Charlie Sheen and Whoopi Goldberg. The movie has a 4.2 IMDb rating and an 11% Rotten Tomatoes score. So, you know, you got to just take your pick with that. I think 70% is fair. I think you have some really good actors. We'll see what happens and we'll see, you know, we'll see what it is, what it is. So it could be an Oscar contender. I think this has possible legs for it, but I don't know. <laughs> we'll see how the story goes. All right. Next movie is The Last Duel. King Charles VI declares that Knight Jean de Carugues settle his dispute with his squire by challenging him to a duel. There's actually a lot more to this movie. It, it's also about his wife and her being believed in a time in history where women were not usually believed against men. So it's, it's a very interesting story, very timely for 2021. So, but check out this creative team here. This movie stars Jodie Comer, who just had a terrific movie come out called Free Guy. And we will talk about Free Guy a little bit. Matt Damon and his best friend Ben Affleck are together once again. And Kylo Ren himself, Adam Driver, is also here. So you got Jodie Comer, you got Ben Affleck, you got Matt Damon, and you got Adam Driver. Big time cast. But then check this out, right? Obviously, the movie is based on a true story. And Ben and Matt are actually writing the screenplay together, which is a big wowza. Because the last time they did that, they got an Oscar nomination for screenplay writing. Crazy. But also, the director is none other than a legend himself. It is Ridley Scott. You talk about Gladiator. We're talking about Hannibal. We're talking about Black Hawk Down. We're talking about American Gangster. This is all-star level, people. If this movie is as good as I think it could be, and I, I will be honest, watching the trailer, the trailer was great, but seeing Matt Damon and then seeing in another scene shot, seeing... Ben Affleck and their wigs didn't quite get pulled off correctly, at least not Ben Affleck's. It was a little cheesy to me, but it's okay because I think the movie has some legit action, some some good drama. I don't know how it's going to turn out, obviously, unless I read the history books. It's really, really good. So we'll see what happens here. Ron Tomato's score prediction is 95% by the critics. And again, the reason why I have such confidence is because you have Ridley Scott directing this movie and Ben Affleck, who has not he's won an Oscar for, I think, best original screenplay along with Matt Damon. But he also was nominated as a director 
and he acted in this in the movie Argo. So he he knows his way around a page. Matt Damon is, is no newbie either. So it's it's a really good creative team here. Obviously, Jodie Comer is going to be amazing as well. So that's why I think it's going to be so high. I think a ninety five percent. And there's a lot of bias that goes into as well. But I, I just think the movie's going to be really great. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. The only, only trepidation I have is, is really Scott phoning it in. After Ready Player One, where I thought this was like an easy line drive, batter up, easy home run for Steven Spielberg. I started to realize, you know, maybe, maybe these older directors who are great, legends... Maybe they're really tired and they're just really done. No disrespect. So my only fear is, is really Scott phoning it in? If he's not phoning it in, then this movie has potential to be a 95 percenter and possibly maybe even win best picture, best director. I mean, it could be possible. This is this hasn't been, as far as I can see from the movie land, there hasn't been a lot of amazing films. Like there's not a parasite out there. Uh, I mean, I think last year's 2020 had a lot more competition for it. There's no Judas and the Black Messiah. There's no Minari. There's no Nomadland movie yet that I've seen that's come out of nowhere that's going to surprise everybody. So we'll see. There's no Jojo Rabbit kind of movie. So it, it could be it could be the movie that could take it in, in the Oscars section. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. And last thing I'll say about this movie as far as predictions are concerned, I'd be shocked, absolutely shocked, if this movie scores in the 70s on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, if it gets a 70, it's, wow, that would be a failure. and Because it's probably not going to be a box office hit. Usually these kind of movies aren't box office hits. And especially with the, the Delta variant and, and dealing with COVID-19 and everything. And, and the fact that people get scared and the holidays are coming up. And you're going to not just have be afraid of COVID, but you'll be afraid of the flu. There's a whole lot of stuff going on. I don't know how many people will show up to the movie theater to watch this film. So if it also does poorly, like obviously a 70 is still fresh, still certified in a way, but for this kind of creative team behind this, you definitely should score in the 90s, I think. So we'll see what happens. movie preview today is Encanto. Encanto or Colombia. <laughs> that's every time I see that trailer. That's that's what I'm I'm seeing. Trailer's wonderful. Trailer's beautiful. Uh, let's let's get into it. A young Colombian girl has to face the frustration of being the only member of her family without magical powers. That's the tagline. That's the tagline. Not gonna lie. I'm not convinced, but it's Disney animation. They always, they always show us something. So we'll see what happens, right? This movie stars Diane Guerrero from Orange is the New Black, Jane the Virgin and Doom Patrol. So, you know, she's been, she's definitely acting. You, if you see her face, you'll be like, oh, I think, I think I've seen her before. And Stephanie Beatriz is also starring, who is known to me, of course, from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. This is Disney Animation's last shot, last shot of the year to win the Oscars. So they're hitting 
all the stops. Seriously, though, Netflix could take it this year unless there's a dark horse coming from a studio I don't know about. I mean, Sing 2 could take it if their story is just as good as the last one or maybe Adam's Family 2, but I lean more favorably to Sing 2. They have a directing team. Now, getting back to Encanto, they have a directing team of Jared Bush, Byron Howard, and Sharice Castro-Smith, who is the directing newcomer. But Jared Bush and Byron Howard combined have worked on either have worked as either the director or writer on Zootopia and Tangled, so there's a fire-cracking creative team for this film. Also, Lin-Manuel Miranda is writing eight new songs for this movie. So, we're, we're, we'll talk about this a little more, but I just really want to put it out here, like, I'm not fully convinced that there's a story here, but again, Disney Animation has done this before, and then Pixar has also done this before. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Before I get to the prediction, though, I I really want to highlight here that, man, Netflix Netflix has some stuff this year that could contend for the Oscars. They they didn't win last year, but I think this year is possible that they can win Best Feature Animation, and we'll we'll get more into that. All right, Rotten Tomatoes score prediction is eighty two percent by the critics because I'm not convinced there's much of a story here. But of course, we'll have to see what the first act brings us with an inciting incident. That's that's really what's going to take. There's got to be something going on where this character doesn't have magical powers and then there's a big disaster and her family is unable to use her magical powers or they all disappear and get kidnapped and she has to save them through her grit and grind and her own on her own merit per se. We'll see. We'll we'll see how how that works out. But I'm assuming one of those things is going to happen because you have to remove the magical powers because then, you know, she can't be assisted. Jared Bush and Byron Howard are also part of the writing team. So this movie could score in the 90s, but I put it at 82 percent just because it may not hit on all levels. But I'm going to be I'm just going to be I'm just going to be cautious here. The last time Lin-Manuel Miranda was part of a creative team for Disney Animation was Moana, which obviously has great legs. It's constantly, you know, doing well, and it's usually in the top ten for streaming on Disney Plus. So the Mo- Moana has legs, but from the story perspective and, and and the songs perspective, was it the best film per se from the Disney Animation Studio? Yeah, it, you could go back and forth. It's it's a really good film. So I just I wonder, I just wonder from a story perspective how amazing it's going to be and. Will there be some banger songs on on the soundtrack from Lin-Manuel Miranda? So we'll we'll see what happens here. Also with Encanto, if Jennifer Lee, my homie, was attached to the writing of this movie, I would bump it up to a 90 for sure. I I just don't see Jennifer Lee's name attached to it. Obviously, she's still probably in the writing team meetings, probably giving notes, giving suggestions, but she's not officially on the squad. So I just, I really trust Jennifer Lee. I think she's a great storyteller. And I'm so glad that she's a creative director at Walt Disney Animation Studios after John Lasseter got booted. So I think she's just done an amazing job there. And I would feel better if she was officially a part of the team. But as far as IMDb is concerned, she's not. So I'm not sure as how big of a, you know, how big of a, or how much she is involved 
in the making of this film. So there you have it. Some excellent storytelling to be had for the rest of this year. We have Encanto, which again, you know Disney's going to give you the feels at some point. Will this be like a Coco? Most likely not, because Coco is just Coco, and you can't touch that, because that film is really great. There's The Last Duel, which is, I think, going to hit people a little differently, and it's going to talk about this idea of believing in women and, and understanding the patriarchy in a way that I, I don't think is going to be... I don't think it's going to be over the top. I think it's going to tell a really great story from history in in a wonderful way. And I think with Ridley Scott directing, even though he's not like my favorite director as far as like interviews are concerned, but he's made some baller films. So I think it's going to be really, really good. So yeah, Encanto, The Last Duel, Worth. We'll see how good that is. But with Michael Keaton at the helm, I think I think there could be some really great stuff there. Keen Richard is going to be good. At least... At least we'll get some prime Will Smith. I think this is probably one of the better plots that I've seen from a Will Smith-led film in a long time. So I'm really glad to see him get this opportunity. I don't know who else he would have play as Richard Williams. This this, this just sounds like a, a really good match. So I think as long as the female actresses playing the daughters are able to play up to Will's charisma... It's going to be a wonderful movie. And then, of course, we started with Dune. And that's... Man. Man, we, we're getting Dune. And I know there's been... They made this movie before. I think in the 90s. And probably even earlier. But the way that Dennis is approaching it... Oh, just... It looks beautiful. Now, can he nail the story as well? Because it's a great story. Can you put it to the screenplay? Can you put it on the silver screen? Can you make us... Really enjoy it. Can you make us have the feels? It's going to oh, it's gonna be a fun time. So those are movies that we talked about, upcoming films. There's so many more films I wanted to discuss, but I just didn't have the time. I did a lot of preparation for this. I had to do a lot of, like, just a little checks and, and, and background stuff and watch a lot of trailers and, you know, figure out which movies I wanted to discuss with all you today. Let's, but the, but the whole thing is here is that in talking about these stories... Looking into the the subjects they're discussing, looking at the themes, you know, just from what we see in the trailers, and also from the the taglines, you know, it's important that we keep writing. It's important that we keep sharing our stories, and sharing the stories that teach us how to love ourselves, how to love each other better, and that's. That's what I love about these stories. Obviously, probably Dune, you could probably take that one out. But I had to include Dune because Dune is so awesome. It it does have some meaningful some meaningful points about family and story as well. I, I don't want to spoil anything. But it does, it does have some meaningful things about love and about family and your place in this world. I, I don't want to spoil it. But the point is, the other films, Worth, King Richard, The Last Duel, and Canto also exemplify that as well. So... I just want to encourage you, if you're writing, write. If you're not writing, hey, start writing just a little bit and share your story with all of us. To end this episode, let's briefly skim over what has come out in August and stuff that you must go and see. We have Jungle Cruise. Jungle Cruise is certified, y'all. You got to see that movie. I took my mother for her birthday to go see it. 
I was not planning to see it. Michelle was not planning to see it. We didn't think highly of this film. We got into the theater and I was like, all right, here comes the boar fest. I was not thrilled about this movie. I thought it shouldn't have been made. But I came out the movie theater. Let me be honest with all of you. I came out the movie theater and I was ecstatic. Usually I come out of the movie theater and, you know, you spend two hours there. And it's a, even if it's a good story, it's a good movie. Sometimes you're just like, man, I feel like I wasted my time. Or what am I doing with my life? Am I wasting my life? Or you come out bored or some other feeling. I came out of watching John Cruise excited about life, excited to go out and have an adventure. So I definitely, definitely, definitely recommend this film. It was personally my first time that I loved Emily Blunt in a role completely, just completely. I loved her character. I loved the way she interacted with The Rock's character. It was a good time. And you don't have to search for a female Indiana Jones, anybody, everybody. We have it now. Emily Blunt in Jungle Cruise is the new Indiana Jones. And it's a female Indiana Jones. And it makes sense. Disney, Lucasfilm, don't make Indiana Jones 5. Don't do what I think you're doing. Not because you shouldn't or it, it would be bad just because of what you're trying to do. But if, if you're going to hand it off to a woman, and that's okay. But I think Emily Blunt is doing just fine. Like, you, you don't need to do it. You don't need to do it. There's no reason for it anymore. I think if you just have The Rock and Emily Blunt make more Jungle Cruise movies, it was essentially the same kind of thing, but in a new kind of atmosphere. It was a lot of fun. I think that that's where we should stay. Anyways, second thing, Free Guy certified. Completely certified. There was a lot of tech talk that I loved, and I am so enthused to talk about it in depth with you all. I really want to do a deep dive about this film. I had a lot of feelings when I came out of the movie theater about it. It was exciting. It was essentially what you would want out of a summer blockbuster film. I'm glad we got it. I'm glad I saw it in theaters. The sound was amazing. The graphics were really cool. But it also told a great story at its core that will surprise you. So I'm not going to say anything else. It actually has a good story that you do not see in any of the marketing as far as I was concerned. I don't think I saw any of that in the marketing. And I saw a lot of Ryan Reynolds' face over these past six months. Now, I don't have to see him anymore. <sighs> Free guys out. Ryan Reynolds can go hide somewhere and be with his lovely family. Nothing against Ryan Reynolds. I just saw him too much in ads. And now we can just focus on the fact that Free Guy is completely certified. Definitely go watch that film. All right. And also, Vivo certified and on Netflix. Netflix gets another win. Netflix Animation, a beautiful movie and great story. I think the most complete story from beginning to end for animation this year in a feature film. Again, Adam's Family 2, the sequel, is coming out. And Sing 2 is coming out this year as well. As, as far as as well as in Canto. So we'll see what we have there. But so far, this movie was complete from beginning, middle, and end. I didn't really have anything to say about like the world-building perspective. I didn't have any questions about that. Like I talked about with Luca. I, I, I could talk about that a little bit with Mitchells versus Machines or a little world-building questions I had, I had in that movie. But that movie was really tight as well as far as the writing. So that'll be the second runner-up. And that also debuted on Netflix. I love Luca and I love Ryan the Last Dragon, but as far as stories and, and it being tight and 
you know, not being upset with acts one or two or three, just being happy with the complete film, not feeling bored, but every time just being excited and you seeing you're ready to go. Bevo does that so well. The music is really good. I it's not the it's not the best music from an anime film I've ever heard in my life, but it was good. It was also Lin Manuel Miranda doing. He actually was the voice of Evo, but he was then he also wrote the songs. It was a very interesting film. Sony Animation Pictures is doing just really great work, very beautiful work, and I think it's really start to like we have to really start respecting Sony Animation Studios. They've won an Oscar recently with the Spider Verse film, and I I think it's time to really respect them because Vivo could be could be it. And I, Sony Animation Studios I think also did Mitchell's vs Machines too. So like they are bringing the heat. That's two films just like a Disney animation, just like Pixar, right? So wow, that's actually really really good. That is that is quite excellent. Sony Animation Studios is is the third the third competitor in this feature animation north you know north american kind of race uh yeah i don't i don't see anybody else it, i would i would back maybe five years ago you would think it was illumination entertainment but they just they just keep doing minions movies <laughs> so and i i like the minions and i think they're really fun but like when are you gonna stop showing Gru stories and again i like Gru. i like what they did with that despicable me is a lovely franchise but that's all it seems that that they're doing so Sony Animation really telling original stories, original concepts, getting diverse creative talent, showing diverse diversity on film. Yeah. Sony Sony Animation could win another Oscar this this obviously next year with the Oscars just because again the first, second and third act of Vivo was just excellent. It, I really want to talk about this film more. I don't want to spoil it, but there's there is something about the story where I just kind of like, mm, mm, yeah. But it, it's it's a really heartwarming story. It it and it gets to the core of it, and I was I was surprised and I really enjoyed it. So proud of Sony Animation Studios, but also proud of Netflix for de- debuting the film and continue to pump out that content so netflix feel free to uh, support the musty creative podcast anyways and then the last film that uh coming out in august i want to talk about it, there's there's so many there's so many films there's so much content but respect i haven't seen it yet michelle hasn't seen it yet, but we're going to see it it's starring uh the star of 20 uh, cast 2019 of course jennifer hudson herself she is musically so gifted and I think she's actually a really good actress as well. She's already won an Oscar for Best Supporting Actress. This is her in a lead role. And she's telling a beautiful story. And we should we should all support it. But I, I definitely think it's amazing. I can't wait to go see it in the theaters. Hear the music. Hear the sound. See the drama. Learn a little bit more about someone's life that I didn't know that much before. And and just just enjoy it so i did actually talk to someone who did see it and they really enjoyed the movie so definitely respect jennifer hudson doing her thing definitely go check it out there were so many movies i left off but them's the breaks there there literally were right like i know people were like oh i don't mention suicide squad or why don't you mention shang chi right there 
there's so many movies I could have talked about. Uh, there's 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 a lot of content, and I I really for the for my own sanity to get this episode out. I'm sorry that it's late, but to get this episode out, I had to just cut 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 and cut away because I I had a list about I think 14 15 things. I was even including TV shows, and I was I had to start cutting stuff out. So them's the breaks. But I thank you all for listening to my ranting. Thank you for being a wonderful community. Love you all. Thank you for listening and supporting the Musty Creative Podcast. On next week's episode, we have a new interview with special guest Gita Cruz, who works, check this out, y'all. She works in the games industry. I'm super excited. I'm super stoked to have this person on the podcast. It was a wonderful interview. Can't wait to share it with all of you. So definitely tune in next week. The interview's already done, so don't worry. Should not be late. It's not gonna be late. <laughs> so just get ready for next week. It's gonna it's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be fun. And if you want to be featured as a guest on our show, email us at themustycreative at gmail.com and tell us your story. And definitely thank you to those who have emailed and just talking to us about our episodes, talking about our deep dives, questioning, you know, why we we think certain ways. I, I really do appreciate it. So we read every single email. We read every comment on our YouTube channel. We we just we just really thank the thank you for the support. Thank you for listening to us and giving us giving us some feedback about what you think about all these wonderful stories that we get into. I also want to thank our monthly supporters for helping us make this episode of the Musty Creative Podcast possible. So thank you, Megan, our Patreon producer. If you want to be a supporter of us, to be a patron. All you got to do is go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash creative and help make the show even better. Yeah, that's what Michelle says. Oh, we, we miss her. We, we definitely miss her. Can't wait for her to come back. And that's all we have time for. Remember to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And now it's time to shower up. Gives them a satisfaction they couldn't get any other way.